This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Book of uh, Malachi, chapter 3, beginning at verse 6. It reads, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Now, I'm going to stop right there and just say this. Now, people use that, that, that scripture, I'm the Lord God, I change not, for everything but tithe. Uh, tithe is not for today. But something else come up. Well, your God is the God. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, okay, he just said, I change not. See, the, the, the Old Testament wasn't done away with. We just got a better, we got add, we got, I, we just put it this way, we got to add to on the New Testament. Remember Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy it or put away anything. I came to fulfill it. So we got a new and better one, but it was just added on. You know how you can get add-ons? You can get add-on to your insurance policies. And what it is, it doesn't take that policy away. What it does is add on another beneficial uh, or benefactor to it. And so it's the same thing with the New Testament. You can't say, that's out for the old. No, no, no. The benefits is that the New Testament just gave you some added benefits because of Jesus. So I'll read it again. For I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Jump down to verse 10. And it reads, Bring, all, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, said the Lord of hosts, that if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, said the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed. All peoples can, shall call you blessed. For ye shall be a delightsome land, said the Lord of hosts. I love that. Now, again, we are in this particular series, and like I said before, actually these, this, this teaching is for those who tithe, those who need to understand how, it, how they should tithe, what the benefits of it is. You can read right here, God just told you what he would do for you, but you know, you know we're so used to, sometimes we get so used to hearing something or quoting something, we don't make it real to ourselves. It's just like a saying, but you know, it's not really happening, it's just a saying. No, if, if God said it, it's a reality, and we need to make it ours. Amen. And so first of all, let's deal with this one Hebrew word, the uh, tithe, which means one-tenth. One-tenth is of the tithe. That means the tithe is one-tenth of all legally incoming cash that comes into your possession. All legally, whether earned or unearned, whether someone gave it to you, whether you worked for it, legally earned income, a tenth of it is the tithe. We said that immediately, immediately, not later on, not after you do all of your business, not after you pay your obligations, not, a, not after anything, immediately you remove it from your possession because it is God's and it must be returned to Him. 
It belongs to God and it must be returned. So I don't factor anything in with that 10%. Now I know some of you out there that don't tithe that's listening to this, you, you, you know, you want to hear all about what God is going to do for you and the goodness of God, but when it comes to your part, you don't want to hear about it because you don't want to do it. And guess what? If you don't tithe, you're not going to go to hell. I want you to know that. Because some people say, oh, you're going to hell. You don't tithe. You don't. No, no, no. You're not going to, you're not going to go to hell because you don't tithe. You just never be in a place where you can occupy till he comes comfortably. You won't abound or superabound. And we talked about those things in earlier teachings. You won't you won't, you won't ever be there. You'll always basically be in lack. Now, let me tell you for for some of you that are in lack now, and it's because you'll be like, I did tithe, I was tithing them, I stopped, I started back, I stopped, I started back, I stopped, you know, and I did for, for three weeks, I did for a month, then I stopped for two months, and I did. That's not tithing. And you're probably where you are right now because you were never consistent in it. This is a consist, this is a lifestyle. It's like breathing. It's just who you are. So if you are all choppy and back and forth and in and out, it's probably why you're where you are today. You don't have to blame it on anyone else. Just understand it was you. Amen. And so what we see in chapter, uh, in verses 10 and 11, we see the fullness promises, uh, here, including the unveiling of the windows of heaven to us. With the tide, God is showing you what it's going to bring. And I love when he said, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. So it lets you know that there's windows in heaven. What are windows for? They're to let a breeze in. They're to look out. They're, the, oh, he said, I'm going to open them up for you. Now, I'm going to tell you, anything that's going to come out of heaven is going to be a blessing. There's nothing bad in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no disease in heaven. You don't tell somebody because they're sick on their, on, on, on their bed of affliction and say, see, God doesn't like ugly. God put that on them for whipping. God doesn't have disease to whip His people. He don't have sickness to whip His people. All of that, you know, all of that religious talk is foolishness. There is no, where would God get sickness from? Disease from? He's a he's a perfect God. He's a good God. He has not every good and perfect gift comes from above and comes from God. Not sickness and disease or any such thing. Amen. And so here we have to understand uh this morning we have to understand that there is a plan for your 90 that's left after the 10th. After you remove God's money from him and your taxes are going to automatically be removed because the government doesn't trust you. And so after that, the 90 that's left over that you bring after the 10th, you're going to understand the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to, you're going to offer it to God and say, God, I want to put this in your service. I want you to show me how to use the 90 that I can be sufficient. That I can have all sufficiency as far as this money is concerned. And he said, well, okay, the first thing I want you to do is pay your bills. 
pay your bills. See, that's bringing it into God's service. So now, now listen to me. When God says, I want you to pay your bills, that doesn't mean He said, now I want you to go to the light company and pay half of it, and then you use the other half of something. He said, no, pay your bills. If a person that always got to pay on their bill or pay a portion of their bill, I'm telling you, you are a person that lack understanding. You are a person that will always lack. You should be able, if you are operating in the principles of God, when your light bill comes, you should be able to pay your light bill. If your light bill is $300, you shouldn't go and ask them, can I pay 150 When you have it. And you're saying, I'm paying that, but I, I gotta just hold this just in case. Just, no, you gotta trust God. Because I'm doing the right thing. Pay your obligations. Because when you do that, you always get behind. Because as the time, months go on, all those things build up. And now you got the late charge. You never get out of that. Amen? So you have to pay your obligation. And we talked about contractual obligations. I'm not going to get into all of those today, acquired obligations, and understanding where to put contractual uh, obligations that, that you've made under, if it's a debt or if it's not a debt. And we found out last week that if you bought a home, a home that you could afford, and you... you it does, you don't have to put that in the debt, debt column, because that is something that you can make a profit off of. It's things like clothes and cars, things that you do, and immediately when you do it, you're already behind. Those things you put in the debt column, some things that you don't. We talked about that last week. I won't get into that. But those things that already have you behind once you did it, I call that a negative financial position. It puts you in a negative financial position. And then I told you about the fixed obligation. I said, and that's when you, it kind of threw you off because I said one third, one third of your income should be for every area of your life. And you can't see it because of the way you handle your finances. You know, you, 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 you have to have, it should, let me tell you, all, all your fixed obligations that you have that come in, it shouldn't exceed that. If it exceeds that, you're going to be in trouble. It has to stay within that one-third because you got other things that you need to take care of in that. But if you're, it's just like, what is, it's just like saying, okay, uh, I want to borrow some time. And you can't borrow time because when you borrow it, you're taking it away from something else. Where it's the same thing. If you, if you try to use some portion of the one-third that belonged to something else on that, it's going to come up short. The other third, because it will no longer be one-third for the next thing that you have to do. When you're, like for kingdom giving, it should be a third, where you'll probably take money from there, because you're, you're trying to shift it all around. God doesn't want us shifting it all around. God wants us to stay right where we are, and that's why God's people have to be consistent. Church members put churches in deficits just because they won't be consistent. And it's your church. Amen. And then we went over to Matthew. Let's go over there now to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Let's run over there. Uh, let's begin at verse uh, 31. 
It says, therefore, take no thought, saying, what you shall eat or what shall we drink, wherewithal shall we be clothed. For after these things do the Gentile or the heathen seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. He said, I'm requiring you to seek something. Seek the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all these things, the things that you want, clothes, food, cars, houses, those things will be added unto you. God said, look, you don't have to, you, you, you don't have to stress out about it. Most people, they want to go out and get those things to show the world, I'm doing great. See, I'm doing it. And they put themselves in debt trying to look a certain way. When you don't have to do that. But God is saying, I want you to seek the kingdom of God and seek the righteousness. And I told you, you, you most people don't even know where the right, where righteousness is. They don't know how to, they, well, where's right? Everybody thinks righteousness is in heaven. But righteousness is not in heaven. They think, okay, well, you know, what is the righteousness of God? It, it, it gotta be heaven. No, heaven, heaven is, uh, remember that word, heaven is headquarters. That's where we get all of our instructions for. That's where we get all of our instructions from. But the righteousness, uh, let me, seeking God's kingdom, being able to, it's gonna be in His Word. The righteousness is there. That's why God said, be a person of the Word. Be like the Bereans. Look it up. Always be full of the Word. Be instant in season and out of season. Why? Because you're full of the Word. You're full of righteousness. Once you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, a lot of people think it's just in verbally. But it's a heart issue. you got to believe in your heart. It's going to be in your... Righteousness must be in your heart. People think, oh, if I just... I said... Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. Now, that, that doesn't make, did you believe in your heart? Anybody can quote something. Well, just quote this with me. I don't care. Just quote, just quote this. And then they quote it. Then you say, it's a heart issue. I'm telling you, many people I believe are in hell right today for just all they did was quote it. Never made him Lord. Never believed in their heart. Someone told them that's all you need to do. But it's something else you need to do after you get saved. You need to walk with God. Because you do have an enemy. Amen. Now, I like what God, that, what, see, when you listen, reading the word, I always look at what he didn't say as well. He didn't say don't go out and buy clothes. He didn't say don't go out and eat food. He said don't have any anxiety about it. Don't have any anxiety about it. I've clothed the, the, the grass, the lilies of the field, I, the, I feed the birds. I, why are you having anxiety about those things? And you're the apex of my creation. You are the most important thing to me. And why would I let you go without and, and, and I can feed the birds of the field? Well, what about the homeless and everything like that? Well, I'm talking about kingdom life. See, everybody's not in kingdom life. I'm talking to about to those that believe right now. Now, God wants everybody saved, but I'm talking about believers right now and what God wants a believer to do. What God wants, He said, I want you seeking the kingdom first. I don't want you acting like the world. That's all He's telling us now. 
I don't want you acting like the world. I don't want you to be preoccupied with the things that are going on in the world. What you wear, what you, where you live, what kind of car you drive. I don't want you preoccupied with that. I don't want you going out trying to do something that you can't afford to do to look a certain way. God says, I know who you are. It doesn't matter about anybody else and what they think. And, and, and this is for somebody too. Some of you are missing your, missing your opportunity. God's bring, God brings somebody in your life and you don't know whether to go with it or not because you, you think about what other people think. God said you'll miss out on your joy, your happiness, your life worried about what people think. Because guess what? Everybody else have who they want. They don't care. And you're worried about, I wonder what they're going to think about that. I wonder who's going to look at me this way. Who's going to look at me that way. Who cares how they look at you? You need to work on your own being where God has told you to be and not worry about what anybody else thinks or what anybody else says. It doesn't matter. It's your life. It's your life. Because they have theirs. So that 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 was just a that was just the add add on. But then we start talking about the add to life because right here he said all these things will be added unto you. We were talking about the add to life. Now we said that after you tithe the tenth, that then the ninety is the harvest, and then after you operate properly with the harvest, you're gonna go into the add to life. You're going to begin to superabound. These things happen when you tithe. It's going to happen in that order. Or, or in that order. You tithe, a harvest comes, and here's the add to life. Here we go. Tithe right. Clean hands, clean hearts, right motivation. Here comes the 90. I ask God about it. I don't just go out and do anything. And all of a sudden, I, I, I'm paying my obligations and all the different things that I should. A third of this, a third of that. And I'm, and I'm doing it consistently. And now all of a sudden, I see I have money left over. Where, how do I have money left over? And I didn't used to do it like this. And I used to spend, it, it seems like I'm spending more, but I still have money left over. Now you're going into the add to life. Those in that order. You want it in that order. It's going to be in that order when you operate in the principles. Amen. And then I told you it was four significant things that you have to remember. And listen very carefully. I said, I, uh, we gotta have, um, you can't have anxiety about what you don't have, what you need, or what you will need. It will not help you in the add to life. You can't have anxiety about that. Second thing, I want you to remember that your father knows you have need of things. He said it here. I know that you have need need of those things. God is not sitting up ignorant to your needs. Third thing, I want you to remember that God has taken full responsibility of your needs. Your needs is not your responsibility. Not when you are operating according to the kingdom. Because God is going to make sure everything comes to you that you need. This is what he's trying to set you up for. That once you're doing all of this properly, don't you worry. Your needs will be met. It's his responsibility. The fourth thing I want you to remember is that you do ha- you have a responsibility. And your responsibility is to seek the kingdom. That's your responsibility. Listen. Understand this, 
The more you seek things outside of the will of God, the harder they are to get. And the harder they are to get, once you do get them, they're usually corrupt in your hand because you did it all the wrong way. You don't have to do that. Now, if we are to seek the kingdom, that means that, that, that there are some things we ought to know. I told you, first of all, it's four things you ought to know. You have to know what is the kingdom of God. How to seek the kingdom of God, number two. Number three, we need to know how to access the kingdom of God. And number four, how do I sow in the kingdom of God? And then we began to take them one at a time. And we began with what is the kingdom of God and, and, uh, and his righteousness. God, and, and I told you to be, I cautioned you and told you, first of all, I want you to know God wants you to have things. He created things for you. The, the things that God created is not for him. They are for your benefit. So God wouldn't create things and say, now I created all of this. Now, I don't want you to have any of it. No. He said, I want you to have it, but I want you in the midst of having it to never let it have you. That's why I I let you come into the world with nothing. You're going to leave the same way. So don't get caught up in things because you're going to leave this earth the way you came in. Naked you came in, naked you're going to leave. Look around your house where you are right now. Look at everything that you have. Think about your bank account that you have. Guess what? When you take your last breath, it's staying here. So God said, I don't want you to get caught up in that. I don't want it to have you. And that's all you're doing. That's all you're doing. You're checking your account. You're making sure this. And look, it's nothing wrong. I'm not talking about being responsible. You need to check your account. Make sure your money's right there. I'm not talking. I'm talking people that are obsessed with it. And I need to get more. And I need, ooh, this is going. I need to do that. I'm not talking about somebody said, okay, I'm making sure I'm checking my account. Because see, I mean, we live in this world. Things can happen all the time. You know what I mean. But God said, I don't want them to have you. And then we said that the kingdom of God is located in righteousness. If you want to know where the kingdom of God is, it's in righteousness. That's why it's so important that we live righteous. That's so so important that we forgive. It's so important that we do what God has called us to do. When we get, this is what you understand. When you get right with God, you are in the kingdom. Whether you're in heaven or on earth. You right with God, you're in the kingdom. You, 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 you just been transformed out of darkness into light immediately. So don't think of a king, the, the kingdom of God as a location. Think of it as a position. And think of yourself as a disposition in that position because that's what it is. It's a position in God and it's a heart issue. Did you hear me? It's a heart issue. Now, go, if you will, to 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. A well-familiar scripture for all of us. In, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, we, when, we, when you get into righteousness, when you come into the kingdom, now you are sons of God. This is the same thing that you can verify in First John chapter 3. Now you are sons of God. Look at verse 18. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, I, I, I love this, well, well, 
One step we have to understand, just in, after verse 18, in all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. In, there, in this word, there you get your righteousness. One step into the kingdom, from that point on, all things, listen, from that point on, all things is of God. Now I'm in the kingdom of God. All things of God. Before, nothing was of God. You did you. But now I've stepped into the kingdom of righteousness. Now all things are of God. All things point, all things must be in your life must be of God. All things. Look at verse 19. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to Christ. The only thing that he's saying here now is that you are now my earthly representative. Now that you're in the kingdom, you're my earthly representative. That's all that means. We have been drawn unto him. We are in the kingdom. And we are his earthly representative. Now we have a responsibility to draw others into the kingdom. I love that. Now, guess what just happened? Your citizenship changed. Your citizenship changed. It just changed. When you stepped into righteousness, when you gave your life to the Lord, when you gave your heart to the Lord, you have now become a citizen of the kingdom. Now God said, I want you to lose your connection to the world. Now, we know that you got to eat, drink. We know when I say connection to the world, he said, I don't want you living like the world, even though you're there. I don't need you to represent me. You're a representative now. I don't want you acting like him, talking like him, being like him. I don't want you doing that. Now you're in the kingdom. Now I want you to act like things that pertain to the kingdom. That's why when people see those that are walking with God, they say, oh, here come the holy then thou. No, I'm operating according to my kingdom life. And so when a person that... All thing is not God. That's the way it looks to them. Oh, you, you know, you, you think you're, you know, so much better than me. It's, it's not that. I'm only better because of Christ. That's the only reason. It's Christ that's better. And I'm in a new kingdom. So it's different from that. I understand the kingdom you're in because I was once there. But you don't understand the one I'm in. It looks like I think I'm holier than you. It's because for me, all things, all things is of God. But to you, all things are not. That's the difference. Know that. Now, now. As I, at that moment, you have now become a pilgrim, a stranger, and a sojourner in this land. We have to operate like that. We are now pilgrims, strangers, and sojourners in this land. This place is not our home anymore. When I say that, because we know the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, we already know that the new Jerusalem is going to come down and he's going to set up his kingdom on earth. When he says that I don't want you, this is not your home anymore, he said, this system is not your home anymore. You don't operate by that system anymore. 
You're going to walk around on the earth. You're going to do it. But you don't operate on that system anymore. Did you get that? Pilgrims, strangers, sojourners. So he's saying now, now for this season that you're here, you're here for a season and for a reason, and you won't be here forever. So you're my representative. Know that you won't be here forever. You only have a a span of time. Because this, why? Because this system is not your home. You are a child of the kingdom of God, and now you have a new position, and it's called an ambassador. I am now an ambassador for Christ. I am now a representative for Christ. I am an ambassador. If you ever wanted a title, there it is. You are an ambassador. Everybody want a title. There's your title. I am ambassador whoever. Ambassador Hill. I'm ambassador. You are an ambassador. We need to just walk around and say that. Because, you know, it'll, it'll make, you, make you understand who you are. But let's understand what an ambassador is first. And then we'll understand that better. And I like 20 and 21. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now all of a sudden I'm right with God. I'm right with God. I have the rights of God. I am in a right position with God. It's all right between me and God. All of that. All of this is righteousness. Excuse me. I'm positioned right. I'm right with Him. I've, I've, I've repented. I've got myself into a place where I am right with God. That's where you need to understand. I am now an ambassador. I'm right with God. I am standing right where God, I'm standing right where God wants me to be. I'm standing this morning right where God wants me to stand. Why? Because I'm in His kingdom and I'm an ambassador. Everybody say ambassador. All of those things, standing right, being in right, all of those are descriptions of righteousness. I'm being right. I'm thinking right. That's righteousness. When bad thoughts come to my head, I break them down because I'm going to think right. I'm in the kingdom of God. So I'm an ambassador. So what is an ambassador? An ambassador, listen, is someone that who is in a foreign land or in a foreign country representing the place from where they were sent from. Now, we know that clearly, and those that were in the military really know understand that. Well, actually, everybody should understand that. An ambassador is one that's in another country, sent by their country into another. They, they've been sent there. For example, if we send ambassadors to China or, or Europe, wherever we, wherever we send them, Japan, well, they have been sent by us there. Or if they send ambassadors here, everybody they have they have embassies all over the world where people are in their countries, but they've been sent by their country. And so, and don't get so caught up in my illustration as you are caught up in the righteousness and what an ambassador is. God, let me tell you, when God had them write ambassadors down, it wasn't by happenstance. He knew we would understand that. 
He knew we would live in a dispensation where we understood about an ambassador. Are you with me? So, all of a sudden you are in a world or in a foreign country as an ambassador. Ambassador, You do not represent the world anymore. So I am now an ambassador for Christ. I don't represent the world. So I'm not doing everything that the world do to show you that, you know, I'm still here. I am now an ambassador. And when you're an ambassador, you don't do your own thing. Any ambassador that they send to another country or come here, they still have to go by what their country tells them to do. They have no voice of their own. They only do that. When they set up an embassy in that country, that whole embassy that's there belongs to the people that are there. It doesn't even belong to that country. That Everything in that embassy, everybody that works there, they have a gate runner. Have you ever watched movies and somebody's in trouble and they're an American there and they're running trying to get to the embassy? Because if they get between, get between, uh, beyond those gates, they're safe. Because beyond that, in that embassy, that's home. Even though it's in a foreign land. Even though it's in the foreign land, that embassy belongs, for example, that embassy belongs to America that's in another country. Even though it's in their country. Are you following me? And so we have to understand when we, when we're as an ambassador, we have a place that's our own. And any and everything can't come in the embassy. Are you following me? Oh, you got to understand that the kingdom of God is a place of citizenship for the believer. You have to be a citizen to come into the embassy. Listen to me. So the kingdom of God is now where I, where I hold my new citizenship. Now I have different things that's going on. As an ambassador that's from a foreign country, the ambassador always, everybody say always, Seeks the place of his citizenship for number one direction. Always. They never go and ask the country they're in for direction. If there's an ambassador to Japan, they do not go to Japan to ask them for direction. They always, as a matter of fact, in, in, the, in the embassy, when they want direction, they have a hotline to the President of the United States. They don't have to go through anyone. They don't have to say, well, let us put you on hold. Let us see, can we reach him? You know how you do when, when you're calling someone and let us put you on hold. Ambassadors don't. Ambassador, ambassadors have a direct line to the President. Right now, if the ambassador wanted to talk to Donald Trump, he has a straight line. He don't have to talk to him. He has a straight line. So what did that tell you? So any instructions that he'll give him is going to come straight from the president. Russia, they have an embassy here. They have a straight line. If they want direction, they're going to call straight to Putin. No ends and ever. Because they're ambassadors. They need direction because they cannot do their own thing. You are a citizen. An ambassador. You cannot do your own thing. God has set up an embassy here so you can go into safety. Our church is an embassy. God's righteousness is an embassy. That's where you have to stay. That's where you have to get your directions from. Are you following me? 
And then when you get directly get the instructions, that's what you do. Did you hear me? That's what you do. An ambassador, listen, does not look to that nation that they're in, that they're located in, to protect them. Don't ask the world to protect you. It won't. You're not of this world. They're not, you're not of this. You're another citizen. They're not going to protect you. Oh, well, let me tell you, Jesus even said, he said, you know, the world loved their own. You're not of that. I don't want you, I don't want you depending on, I don't want you seeking their protection. No ambassador seeks protection from a, a foreign land. They have their embassy. They have, they have military people there to protect them in the embassy. <laughs> you better get this. They have their own security. That's why your church should be a safe place. There is, that's the security. That's why you stay up under a cover. That's why you don't walk around talking about, I don't have a church. I don't go to church. Where is your safety? Where is your protection? It's in the embassy. So the ambassador looks for direction and protection from the place where it holds its citizenship. Are y'all getting this? Even though they're in a foreign country, their citizenship is in America. Even though we live in this world, our citizenship is the kingdom of God. Know that. And so what has God done? He's stationed angels all around about us for our protection. See, you can't see them, but they're there. All around about us, making sure they're on assignment, they're stationed. I, let me tell you, there's angels assigned, there's angels in this room right now. They're on assignment. God has made it that way. Why? It's our protection. You're not gonna find out till you get to heaven how many times your angels protected you. Protected you while you were driving. Protected you when you was about to mouth off and somebody had a gun. Protecting you in so many different ways. You think that it was just something that happened by happenstance. It was your protection from being in the embassy. You'll find out when you get to heaven and be like, what? I thought that was... No, you had angels. Didn't you hear that teaching? They were always assigned to you to protect you. Now some of us would just... We, we outrun the angels. I'm going to do what I want to do. The angels they say, oh, the angels trying to protect us. The angels trying to do this. We just, oh, we're going to do what we want to anyway. And the angels get you out of it and you go back into it. Trying to protect you. The ambassador does not look to that country where he's located for his provision. Why are you trying to see what the world can provide you for? Why are you running trying to get on welfare? And why are you to know? Not when you belong to the kingdom. You are citizens of the kingdom. I'll say it again. I don't believe that any person that belongs to a local church that's up undercover, that's consistent. See, people are just use that. Well, I belong to a church now. I'm going to ask them for this. See, that, see you're going to always have that in, every, in, 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 in life. People that will abuse what it is. 
But I believe when a person is consistently walking with God, consistent in the things of God, and maybe come on hard times, I don't believe that it is this country's responsibility to care for them. The church should. The embassy should. They, you do not have to go out and look for, you do not have to go out for that. Now, so now what the church, the embassy is going to do is not only give you a fish, but it's going to teach you how to fish. See, that's what we don't want. The world ain't going to do it. The world is going to put a stigma on you. Won't you own that? And let me tell you, people always think if a, a government, then now they call it just government help instead of welfare, same thing. But they want that, and they think it's getting them ahead, but it's not created to get you ahead. It's created to set a mentality in your head to always get something. But notice at the end of the month, you still don't have enough. Because now you're waiting for the mailman. Because you put all your hope in the world. You're just waiting for for whatever, I don't know, Lone Star card or whatever they're doing now. I don't know what they're doing. But what you, you're waiting on it because it doesn't, it's not meant for you to get ahead. Not created for that. Now listen, you don't need this world to provide for you. Are you with me? Do you understand as an ambassador? Because we don't look to this world for our provision. Our provision, just think about the military. And, and, and we have a couple of people in here that's been in the military before. When there is food in any country that you lived in, they fly food into that place. They have what you call my sister. She may be streaming now. Her and her husband were military and they were in Europe for a time. But there's a place on the base called the commissary. And on the commissary, that food and everything is flown in there, even though the base is in a foreign land. But everything they need is in the commissary to provide for them. And it's, 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 it's in such a way that it's good because in some of the foreign lands, to eat off of the regular market, you'd get sick. Because your body is different from that. And it's not so much because it was germs. It's, a, it's because the, the commissary where you're, you have your own country's germs. So it doesn't affect you. But you go outside of there and you get an apple from just off the open market. You have diarrhea. You have, you mess up your system because that's, it's different. It's not made to provide for you. But God, just like the military, they make sure you have everything that you need that you don't have to go out on the outside market. But we still want to go. And this is one thing that, 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 um, uh, that's a blessing about it, is that if, if, if that country would bring their fruit or vegetables or, because vegetables is vegetables, fruit is fruit, beef is beef in every country. But if they would bring that in without the military knowing it and just bring, you would, and they sold it, you wouldn't know the difference. You wouldn't. You say you would, but you wouldn't. Because it's just beef is beef. But when you go into the military or the commissary, it stamps something. When it's staffed at U.S. grade A, you know that's from home. 
I'm getting that. I'm home. Well, God is saying the same thing. He said, look, I am stamping everything that belongs to you. You don't have to. I don't want you shopping out on the open market. But what do we do? We stand at the gate and look out the gate. We want what they want. We want what they're doing. We look at all of them up in, 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 in the, uh, the celebrities. We all want to dress like them. We just looking out the out the deal, and God's like, "I don't want you." Actually, we want to look like them, and, and, and then we're proud to say, "I look like so and so," and "I look like so and so," because they're in the world. That's looking out the gate. I want to be like them. Ooh, you look like what's what's her name? Bounce Beyonce. I look like Bounce. Just proud because I want to be like the world. And God is saying, no, I want you to be unique. I want you to be your own. I want you to stay in the embassy. I got everything you need in the embassy. I got the cars, the houses, all the stuff. Everything that I created is in there. And we like, yeah, God, I see that. But no, I want, I want that one. And we just looking. That's out the gate. Oh, God, if I could just get out there. Never appreciate what God has already put in the kingdom for you. God gives you things like this, where the man or woman of God are teaching you and counseling you, but we want to, i got to go out there, I need a psychiatrist. I want one of, one of those out there to tell me how to live. A believer! I'm not talking about sinners. I'm going to get help outside of the kingdom. Everything, I'm going to get all the help I can outside of the kingdom. And God is saying, no, I don't want you doing that. I don't want you looking outside of the kingdom for your provision. I have provided for you. But God, you're not providing the way I want to provide. That's when you start lying, cheating, stealing, doing everything else just to look like the world. And so all of a sudden, you burst out of the, key, out of, out of the embassy. I'm going to be like the world, but yet I'm saved. Your citizenship is in the kingdom of God. And see, you you need to understand, this is another thing you have to understand. When you're you're an ambassador and you're in a foreign country, you still got to abide by the laws, but you're not judged by them. So, like, if if Japan have an embassy over here, they have to they they can't run red lights over here. They gotta abide by that. They can't kill anybody over here. They gotta abide by that. They have to do that. And if they break a law, we can't judge them because they're not a citizen. What we do is send them back to them for them to judge to their own country. Remember God said when they start acting like that, He said, withdraw yourself and turn them over to Satan for the destruction of their flesh. They'll be back. See, sometimes you have to let go. God said, just turn them over to the, for the destruction of their For they will know that I'm their God. And we like, no. I, I, so we, so what we have to do, we still have to abide by the law of the land, even though we're falling here. And look, we don't have to worry about what we got away with here. God didn't miss it because he's our judge. You're still going to be judged by it, even though they missed it. 
Because they are not, you're in the kingdom of God. They're not your judge. God is. Are you with me? So I do, we, we understand that we, 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 when we are ambassadors, we are protected by, provided by, directed by our Father. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. So then, bottom line, if all of that is so, why are you invested? In the, in, in the outside kingdom. Why are you investing your whole life and everything in a place where you have no jurisdiction at all? Because why? You are not a citizen of the... You are now a citizen of the kingdom. But we put everything, all of our hope, all of our being in the world. Everything. Look back in Matthew chapter 6 and 19 right quick. 6 and 19 right quick. It says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Why? Because this is not your home. You don't have jurisdiction here. You do not. So it's, so it's better for you to lay up what you have as a citizen where you belong. Why are you laying up everything for here? You're an ambassador. Everybody say, I'm an ambassador. Number two, how do we seek the kingdom of God? Seeking the kingdom of God is seeking the provisions of God and not the provisions of this world. we got to seek the provisions of God, not the provisions of this world. You and I have to stop trying to shop outside of the kingdom. Stop it. Everything that you want is in the kingdom. I don't know. Everything that you want is in the commissary. Everything that you want is in the embassy. All your provision, all your protection, everything that you want. You have never, you have never even known. Most of you don't even know what's in the kingdom. Because you won't stay in the kingdom. You stay in the world asking the world to help you. And God said, it's all in the kingdom, but you won't come away from the kingdom so that God can protect you. Amen? So, we already understand. Everything that we need to do, God has already provided for us. We are ambassadors. Exactly. Listen. Listen. It's not what you get. It's how you get it. So you don't want to shop outside. See, it's how you get it, not what you get. Because you get things God wants you to have. I want you to know that. How are you getting them? Are you getting it the world's way? Are you working three and four jobs? Just to have what the world say you need to have to look a certain way. No, we don't do that. So when I spend the harvest from my tithe and I spend it in the commissary of the kingdom, in other words, every penny that I make as a result from my tithe, then that 90% is going to be, I'm going to make sure that I keep it in the kingdom. I'm keeping it the way God tells me to spend it. I'm going to do it the way God, I'm not doing it any other kind of way. That's our responsibility. God wants us to have things. The world, let, let me tell you, the world says, I want you to have things too, but have it my way. God, the, the world says, use my system to get it. That's where you're missing it. You keep using the world system to get just 
things and stuff and whatever you want to do. That you want to you want to buy uh, dresses that someone stole. Just to, just, but see, you just want to, you, you want, oh, I want to, I want this purse, I want that, I want this, I want that. All trying to be like the world. God has a system for you getting things. And He wants us to use that system. See, you, you can't look at a Christian's car, Christians walking in the Word and walking with these principles, and a sinner's car and tell the difference. But the Christian can. Because the Christian that's driving that car is not scuffling and trying to make a car payment. They can make it. Because they're operating in the community. Well, the other one is driving the exact same car and struggling every day. But as a Christian, I can pay my car note. Not sweating the payments. Why? Because I did it I didn't do it the way the world did. I did it according to the Word of God. I'm not worried about my utility bill. Why? Because I didn't get the house the world's way. God always provides. Now, since I use the principle of God and things, you know, your, it's not your responsibility See, you've got to get that in your head to provide for yourself. God said if you just operate properly in these principles, you're going to be provided for. And you're going to wonder how. And God said this is how. Because you operated in my principles. God wants us that. My responsibility is to obey Him. His responsibility is to perform. Ooh, that's good. Write it down. My responsibility is to obey Him. God's responsibility is to perform. So therefore, this is kingdom stuff. So therefore, you have to treat it like the kingdom. Everything that God do. God is going to perform all of it. I'm telling you, God will hover over that 90, and you'll be like, how did that happen? How am I living better with less money? How am I having more food now than I had when I was working. I, you, you, you can't even put your finger on it. Nothing magical. It's principles in the Word of God that work. He's not a man that he should lie. So that means that the embassy then belongs, that we're talking about the natural, to the United States government, so they guard it. So we have to guard ours. So, and since it is an embassy and it's guarded... You have to be careful what you bring into the embassy. You can't bring any and everything into the embassy. You can't bring drugs into the embassy. <laughs> your, the embassy should look like your home. It should, if, you, if you're in a foreign land, it should look like where you come from. Mm. So you don't bring any and everything in your house. It should look like where you come from. And I'm not talking about, don't get silly, don't, I'm not talking about put Jesus in, a picture of Jesus, what you think in every room. I'm saying your house should be holy. You know, most people talk about, oh, I want to bless my house. Well, haven't, didn't, haven't you blessed it? 
Well, if you blessed your house, because you don't need a person to bless it, you, you, because a person coming over and throwing some oil and all of that kind of foolishness and doing all of this to bless your house ain't gonna, let me tell you, it's you. You, you're the one that's gonna know what comes in and out of your house. Nobody coming over there is gonna make it holy. You have to make it holy. You, you're the one. You sanctify your own house. Oh, we're gonna have a, deal where we're going to bless our house. Well, how? You, you're the one going to live there. Not the person that you're asking to come bless it like they got a special, a special line to God and I don't. So you don't let anything into the embassy. You don't let drugs. You don't let fornication. <laughs> you don't let, you, you just, you can't. You can't bring anything. You have to, you can't, you know, you, you should wear the right clothes in the embassy. You should talk the right way in the embassy. You should look the right way. So, therefore, women, you shouldn't walk around naked showing all your cleavage in the embassy. That's a certain way to dress. In the embassy. Remember, I told you, don't get so caught up in what, what, what the, the, the illustration as it is. In the embassy, you have to dress like your home. You're a citizen of the kingdom of God. I don't dress like a harlot. I don't care how much you love your breast. I love showing mine. I love, yeah, that's because you've been, you're looking outside of this, you want to get out there. Well, you looking outside the embassy. No, cover yourself up. I, you know, my son Isaiah, and I, I like saying this is a compliment to Sarah. And I, uh, he said, "Oh, when Layla grows up, I want her in the in the uh, Sarah Everhart um, line of clothing." Clothing. I fell out laughing. I said, "That's a compliment." He said, "Cause she's covered up like she's supposed to be." He said, "I want the Everhart line of clothing for Layla. She needs to be in the Everhart." I said, "That's a compliment." That's a compliment. You don't have to wear everything tight and everything revealing and everything showing and everything. Why? Why? Let me tell you, if you have a husband, if he don't want to see it, nobody else do. You ain't got to, well, okay, you ain't looking at it. Somebody else going to, they don't want to see it either. If he don't want to, don't, you know, but some of us don't get any, like the minister was saying, you get no, no, no attention at home, so you're just looking for it from anywhere. You're looking outside the embassy. Let's see who want to see it. Let's see who want to see it. Put some clothes on. You're in the embassy. You can't come in the embassy and bring anything into it. You don't bring wrong language into the, in, in the embassy. You just don't do that. I'm, I'm telling you, we, we're, we're in a place and we need to understand. Listen, you can't abuse your wife in the embassy. You can't, you can't abuse your husband in the embassy. See, we always just talk about the wife getting abused, but wives in, abuse their husbands. You can't bring that into the embassy. You can't bring lying into the embassy. Manipulation, you can't bring it in the embassy. Cheating, you can't bring it in the embassy. There are certain things that can be in the embassy. And certain things that you can't bring in. And you shouldn't want to bring in. Amen? Listen. Language. Ooh. Ooh. I don't hear so many Christian wrong language. Not in the embassy. 
You do not act like the world in the embassy. You know, we want to look at all the worldly comedians and then we don't want to act, but we try to act like them. No, you can't bring that in the embassy. So then, yes, a person might have a Mercedes, they might have a Benz, they might have a, a, a Lexus, they might have a Audi, they might have any of that. But did they get it God's way? Your, your father wants you to have it, but did you get it his way? It's nothing wrong with having it. Let me tell you, if you, whatever you want, you want a Batmobile, just did you get it God's way? You can get whatever you want. The other car. You remember on Batman? Did they take the, the, the other car? What, uh, you, any car you want, just make sure you get it God's way. Let me tell you what's not God's way. Taking every dime you have to buy a car out of the bank. That's the world's way. Taking every dime you have out of your account to buy a house. That's the world's way. House poor, that's what they call it. The world calls it house poor. Can't fill the house. That's the world's way. If you got to, let me tell you. And you know how when people buy houses, you know how they give you, they, all of a sudden you just flung with all these charge cards. They know, they know just what you did. And you think, oh, I'm really doing it. And you go and buy everything with them charge cards. And yeah, I'm going to buy a living room suit, a dining room suit, bedroom suit. I'm buying pictures for the wall. I'm, and you just, just, just taking that, that charger card all the way up as if it's free money. That's the world's way. And you know what? And you're too scared to say, no, I don't want it. Because you never had it. That's called country. I never had it, so oh, I got some plastic, man. I'm gonna do it. But that bill is coming. And God said, I never told you to just go and just spend up all that. And never knowing how to be patient. People that are outside the embassy are never patient. They can't wait. I gotta spend it. I gotta spend it. Not good. See, it never shows you that right then. It's on down in the month that it catch you. And you can't pay the bill. But let me tell you. I'm going to tell you doing it the world's way. If you're paying on a charge card, and let's say you, I'm just going to just say a minimum. Your charge card is up $350. That's small for some people. And they tell you that your bill for this month is $26. If that's all you're paying on it, you're in debt. You're doing it the world's way. Because they add adding interest every day to that. And then the next deal, you come back and you keep wondering, I keep paying on this thing and it doesn't seem like it's never going down. Yes! Hallelujah! You just got it! That's the world's way! Why did you go and put all of that on there? And you knew you couldn't pay it. And now you go, now it, now it takes you 10 years to pay off something that was 300 and something dollars. That's worse than going and buy what are those rental rental TV or rental whatever they call and stuff. You go a uh, TV and you pay three years on a darn cheap TV. I know, I know. Don't don't go call them right there. They they close. 
You want to call me, I can't believe I'm getting rid of this TV. You done bought it four times. That TV is not even worth it. Have you noticed? It ain't even a name brand. It was even less than that. And you just, because you're doing it the world's way. And I, again, I'm not talking about sinners. Anytime that you're a believer and you're going to rent to buy, you are behind and you're doing it the world's way. Because they're going to trap you. Just do it out. Just do it out until you can get it. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Because y'all, y'all, y'all making me... Yeah, Ephesians chapter 2. Let's go into the embassy. You're an ambassador. Now, uh, what did I say? 2, verse 1. And you have he quickened who were dead in your trespasses and sin. He started telling us right off the bat that you were already outside the embassy. That's all he just said. When you were outside of the embassy, now that you're in, he said, but you were outside of the embassy. Look at verse 2. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversations in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Verse 4. But God. Everybody say, but God. Everybody say, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins or outside of the embassy, had quickened us together with Christ, by grace are we saved, and had raised us up Together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceedingly rich, the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Now that's good news. In other words, in generations to come, they will know that you were in the kingdom. See, I want my great, great grandchildren to know I was in the kingdom. You ought to be thinking like that. I want my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, my great-great-grandchildren, however long it takes until Jesus returns and they see me, I want them to know that I operated in the kingdom. Because they'll observe how God just showed out in your life. Oh God, God showed out in my parents' life. To His glory. It will show how you lived a holy life. And everything else is to add to life. They'll see that. See, they're too young to know now. But as they get older and learn about life, they'll be like, you know what? This was my, my, my parents, my grandparents, they did that. In the ages to come, they'll have to admit that. On down the line and say, oh yes, my great-grandfather... My grandfather, all of my pawpaw, they all was in the Word. They all lived holy life. They all, that's all I was ever around. And then their children will do the same thing. That's all I was ever around was the things of God. And I, and, the, and your children will raise their children the same way. 
listen, they'll be able to say, I've only seen conversations like I heard my grandparents talk in the embassy. Because they'll learn about it. Because see, after I'm gone, somebody else is going to teach this. Because it has to be taught. Over and over, you get new people in, they, it, it has to be taught. They'll say, you know, I've only seen that quality of life, the kind of life my grandparents lived in the embassy. Or my parents lived in the embassy. See, God said broad is the way. Broad is the way to get you the things that you want. And many do that. But narrow is the way to do it God's way. Many don't want to do it that way. Seems like it's harder because your mind has been conditioned to do it according to the world. So you think it's the easy way. It's not. Broad is the way. And it leads you right into it. You can, you can get the things. Let me tell you, people get stuff that I'm talking about. All the, they don't even know God. Broad is the way. You'll be able to get it. No problem. But many find it that way. Many. Watch, he said, you've been blessed. Narrow is the gate that really leads to this kingdom. Very narrow. And only few that truly find it. And when he says only a few, he's not talking about only a few that make the kingdom of God or get into heaven. He said it's few that know how to live in the kingdom. Isn't that sad? Only a few really know how to live in the kingdom. Write this down. Money brings, money doesn't bring fulfillment. Knowing how to spend it does. Ooh, that's good. I'll say it again. Money doesn't bring fulfillment. Knowing how to spend it brings fulfillment. And only God knows how you ought to spend it. So if you take it to Him, and you say, Lord, I set it aside. I consecrate it to you, and I put it in your service. I'm bringing it to the kingdom. And then the Lord said, and now that you've done all of that, I'm going to open the door to the commissary of heaven. USGA, grade eight, come on in to the commissary of heaven. I open the, you've done everything. And you said, God, I've consecrated. He said, I'm opening up the commissary. And then he says, what? Go and fulfill all your natural desires. Because everything you need is in here. It's in here. What do you mean by that, Pastor? What do you mean? I mean everything that you want. You want a Mercedes? It's in the kingdom. Find out how to get it God's way. Nothing magical. God will show you. God will show you without you going broke. Without you putting yourself in a cross. Without you doing just something foolish just to get it, just to say you had it. Listen, if you have to buy a car, any car, and you have to ask somebody to loan you money for the down payment, the world's way. Loan you money to get a car. How are you going to pay it? Because then you're going to need another loan to pay the car payment. If you need the loan to get it. The world's way. Again, I'm not talking about sinners, I'm talking about believers. Hmm. 
So, that believers, I know you're like, oh God, you just have the wonder of the store commissary. The world got all of this stuff out here. I don't care how much stuff the world got out there. Anything that's out there, if you want it, God knows how to get it to you. His way. It'll come into your possession. And you'll be like, oh my God, I never thought this would come. Yeah, it'll come. It'll come into your possession without you playing lotto. God knows you have need of those things. And God don't have any problem with that. But if you're that desperate, guess what? You're going to let it have you. That's probably why God is saying, no, you don't really need to go into the commissary because you don't need that. You're not mature enough to handle that. Because once you get it, what you see, when you start bragging about it and showing your keys about it and talking about it, you're not ready. That you're not ready. Now it has you. Hmm. Oh, I want us to get this so bad. Look at verse 18. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Now I have access. You want to know how, this is how you have access. I have access to God by one spirit. In other words, God wanted to make sure that I have access to the place where I have citizenship. Where he has put his spirit on the inside of me. He said, you have access. Not only that, he baptized you in the Holy Ghost. Gave you a language to speak. Look at what he's done. That gave you a language to speak that only the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost understands. Now that's powerful. So now I can pray in the Spirit. And my prayer language is my private line straight to God. Ambassador, you don't have to go through anyone else. You got a private line straight to God. Why? Because I'm a citizen. So why are people going to a pastor to reach God for them? Don't you have a private line? You must not be in the embassy. You have a private line and ambassador. You don't have to be put on hold because guess what? You have to be put on hold if you're waiting for the pastor because they might be busy. I might be busy. Now you got to wait for me to call you back or you got to wait. No, no, it's an emergency. I need help now. God said, if you're in the embassy, if you're a citizen, you have direct line to me. I gave you a language that you can speak. A private line no one can intercept. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you need. Tell me the problem. And as Paul said, I pray God that he'll grant you utterance so that you might know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And every embassy have a way of going back and talking to their country. You know how to talk. You know how to talk to your God. And guess what? In the natural, the embassy, when they have a code. Between a direct code to their country. And nobody knows that code but them. We have a code. 
That's why he gave us a language. That's why people, that's why the devil fights so many people on tongues. Everything he said, you don't need to know the code. And you be like, well, I don't think that's for the day. You don't have the code. But you always want to go talk to somebody that do have it. But the code is for them. And through that code, that's what's going to get you straight access. Nobody can break that code. You can talk to your father. No way to break that code. No one. Why? Because the code is not natural. It's supernatural. <laughs> and on, the only one with the code, the access is Jesus, who sit at the right hand of the Father. He have access to make sure, what? That the commissary is stopped. They're needing that. We got to stop that. We got to make sure it's stopped. Jesus right there. We have access to God by the Spirit. I like that. All of us pick up the same phone. There's enough extensions for everyone. <laughs> Look at chapter 3, same, same book. Look at verse 8. Unto me who am the least. Where am I? Yes. Least of the saints. Is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of, of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mysteries which from the beginning of the world have been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. Look at verse 10. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he pur purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith in him. We have boldness and access and confidence. I love that. Boldness, access, and confidence. If you're not bold enough to go to God, something's wrong. You're not in the embassy. You have access and confidence. Church, God wants us to have everything that we want in the natural and that which we want in the supernatural. I want it all. I want it all. I want the natural. I want the supernatural. I want the natural so that I can go forward, that I can win others. When, you know, it, it makes it easier. I want it supernatural that I can bless those that are without. We should want that. And the last one, how do I sow into the kingdom? I sow into the kingdom of God by investing my income into the lives of others in a manner that's good in the kingdom of God. That's how I invest in the kingdom. I, you know how to invest in the kingdom? I invest by making sure I'm doing good to others. Make it a habit to do good to others. Sometimes you don't want to do this and you don't want... But you have to be good to others. You know, God talked about some things. He talked about the widows, the fatherless, and the strangers. And the poor in particular. He said a widow in the scripture represents those who the world will try to take advantage of. Listen. He says so into the kind of life, the fatherless. What, what is the fatherless? Are the orphans. It's those that can't help themselves. God said, that's where I want you sowing. 
I need you to sow into their lives. Strangers in the scriptures are those that are outside of the area of association. The poor that are those that are without basic needs. God said, I want you to be good to them. God just does not, just, just, he's like, I want you to do, he said, and, and see, we'll take that and all we want to do is give. God said, no, this is what I want you to do. You can give them a fish. He said, but I also want you to teach them to fish. I don't want you just all the time giving to them. They'll never, well, it's like anything else. If you're a person that's always taken, you'll never get up. He said, nope, I, that's, not, that's not my way. That's not the kingdom way. I want you to give to them, but you also get them on their feet where they can do it themselves. Did you hear me? So when we meet a need, it should be done in a manner that builds the kingdom of God and glorifies and points to God that God is the source. God sent me to you. And then you minister to him. You sow into the kingdom so that God can be glorified and God will be glorified in all things. I sow into the kingdom by keeping the kingdom's investment and everything. I preserve it. I keep it in the kingdom. Don't just give the world. So many people give the world everything they have and then they come to God and they want the church to help them. I give the world everything else. For those of you that have an elderly parent or someone that you're caring, all of that is kingdom. All you're building treasures in heaven. You're keeping an elderly parent, you're building treasures in heaven. Whether you're there physically, whether you're there financially, whether you're there spiritually, whichever way God have you to help, that's building treasures in heaven. He said, build your treasures in heaven where moth and dust and corruption won't get to it. See, I'm not building my treasures here. Because things can happen. But he said, if you build and you make sure that you're doing everything. See, it's not just about money to the church. What about outside the church? What about our elderly parents? They just need a, just need a call. Just need you to say, I love you. Just, see, just to say, I was thinking of you today. Those things. Building treasures in heaven. That's how you do it. That's how you access the kingdom. We all can do that. And uh, listen, everything that I was talking about, don't forget. See, I didn't, I don't, sometimes I, I'm reluctant to give you all examples because people get caught up in examples. Just, listen, the whole thing, remember what we're talking about? Remember what we're talking about? The real truth about the tithe. All of this is stemming from the tithe. Everything is stemming from the tithe to the harvest to the add to life. It is a progression. It is a one, two, three. And you have to do it that way. Everything that I was talking about is not automatic. You have your part to do. Because, you know, we could listen to this and you could say, you know what? Oh, I want that. I want that. I want to, you know. And, you know, we'll walk away there. Yeah, because we're in the commissary of the Lord and, and he got everything in it. You can say all that. But if you're not a tither, if you, if you haven't, 
dedicated the 90 that's left and put it in the care of God and let him instruct you how to do it. If you haven't got to a point where you consistently tithe. See, this, this doesn't work because you come all of a sudden you heard this message and you tithe this Sunday. And you haven't been tithing all along. This is for consistent. See, don't, don't act like God is a fool. Oh, but God said, I tithed and I wanted to see if it worked. It didn't work. No, well, it's never going to work for idiots. It's going to work for those that work the word. There's instruction. It, it just shows me you did bad in school. Because it, it, I just gave you the instructions that are laid out for you. You can't skip through it and think you're going to get the results that you want. That's not the way it works. It's God's way. I go from tithe with clean hands, clean heart, and, and making sure that everything is, my heart is right. I, everything is right. And then I take that 90 and I say, Father, I thank you that I don't put this in any dead thing. And sometimes our children can be a dead thing. We gotta recognize it. I know. See, we, we all get all messed up when we start talking about children. But God doesn't. God says, now you think you love them, but you can possibly love them like I do. You, 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 you couldn't possibly. Not, not even a little bit. And, but we like, oh, well, you know, I want, God said, nope, I never told you to do that. Sometimes, some of your children would be out of trouble if you would just, just ease back just a little bit. Just step back. Get into the commissary and say, you know, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me let them do that. Let me let them handle that. Let me let them go without for a second. They're not going to. They, let me tell you. It, it, and, and sometimes it's just unnecessary stuff. Stop. Say, God, I'm not putting. Because God, God will say, you just put that in a dead thing. And I can't, I, I, and, and no matter how you pray, fast, and do it, God's not coming out. He's the, I'm the Lord God, I change not. I laid it out for you that way, I'm not changing. You have to change. And then you, and then what do you do? You don't say, oh, it don't work. You say, you know what, I was wrong. It's done now. I repent. Father, forgive me. I, I got outside. I should have went back and read my notes. I should have meditated on it. Father, okay, I'm back in right standing with you. I'm going to do the right thing now. And just do it. Just do it. Don't, don't linger on it. Don't linger on it. And uh, uh, No, 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 no. Time to get up and say, you know what? I was wrong. I've done that many times. I was wrong, God. I see. I was wrong. I see it. I see it perfectly well. Now I need to do something different. In whatever area it is. I, I was just saying children then, but whatever area it is, it's, it's, it's the same thing. You have to say, nope. I, I see where I missed it there. No, I'm, I'm changing. It, won't, it doesn't have anything to do with your love for them. It has to do with operating in the principles of God. And them seeing you operate in the principles of God. So that from generation to generation you can say, you know what? I saw them live this word. They live this word and I, need to, I needed to jump on the bandwagon and get it. I need to get all I can from them. Some of you need to get all you can from your parents. That's walking with God. You take, you, you take that lightly until they're gone. You take it lightly until they come gone. Because in your head they're going to be here forever. 
and you think, you know, okay, you know, that's mom, that's dad, and everything like that. You better be able to distinguish a minister from your mom, a minister from your dad, a pastor from your mom, a pastor from your dad. You got to distinguish the difference. Because a parent is different from them operating in their calling. They're going to, if they're operating in their calling, they're going to give you instructions according to the word. Now, y'all might laugh and joke about this, that, and the other, and that's just family time. But when it comes time to them talking to you about things that are serious and things that are matter, that's where you need to go. And you need to receive it whether you like it or not. It ain't a point of what you like. Let me tell you, I'm going to tell you right now, most children, you're not going to like what your parents say. <laughs> I'm going to just tell you right now, oh, she's a prophetess. No, because I didn't like what my parents said. You're not going to like what your parents said. That's not your job. You know what? Don't even care. Just say, you know what? I know they're a man or woman of God. I know that much. And I know for a fact they're never going to tell me nothing that's going to hurt me or bring me down or tear me down. Now, it might bring you down because you don't want to hear it. But they're never going to tear you down. It's always for your best interest. And if you keep that in the, in the back of your mind, no matter what they say, just, you know what, I'm going to take, take heed of that. I'm going to meditate on that. Because one day, they're gonna be, they won't be around to tell you anymore. I know. Remember, Pastor Hill kept telling us, one of us is going to bury somebody. One of you going to bury, well, if you're married... Somebody's going to be somebody's going to be left, but we don't, we take it lightly. Oh, I got time. Oh, I got time. And you take serious every moment that you have. Your adult children, you need to take serious everything that you have because one day it won't. Let me tell you, life changes. We've been telling you that for years. It changes. You're getting older, and it changes. And once it's changing, and once they're off the planet. There's, there's no do-overs. I wish I would. No. This is the time now. Just get it right. The parents that's walking with God, they, they, they in right standing. They're trying to give it to you the right way. And you parents, you cannot hold back because you, yeah, oh, they're going to be mad. When did we ever care that our children be mad? They'll be Okay. And if you're feeding them, really, who cares? Uh-uh. No. No, I'm going to tell you what's right. I'm going to tell you what, what when I see you doing wrong, I'm going to tell you. When I see something that seems off, and you know it, but you, act, you think you're fooling the parents, and but the parents that have got their fingers on the puzzle card, they're like, mm, something's off. Something is just off. What is it? Well, then you spend time with God. God will show you exactly what's off. And they'll say, you know what? They might not can pinpoint, but they'll come and tell you, you know, something is just not right. I can't put my finger on it, but it's just not right. And by that time, you're scared because you like, you know what's going on. And you're like, oh, my God. No, they didn't. Yeah. That's because they love God. And God is, and God is giving you a chance to get it right. And sometimes God doesn't doesn't reveal it to him, but just it's just an inner thing. It's that unction on the inside to just something just ain't right. And then they tell you that, and that's another way God is giving you a way to repent and let let it go before I reveal it all. Before I reveal it all, because God said I won't lose a one, and I know how your parents are praying for you. 
So if I have to reveal it to keep you where you are to your parents, I will. But I'm giving you an opportunity just by them saying a little thing like, something ain't right. That's a warning. Ooh, that was for somebody. You better get that right now. If they come to you with that, just know that was your warning. That God said, get it right now. And and that's it. And we'll move forward. That was your warning. Now, don't do it and watch God reveal it all to them. That you never wanted them to know. God said, it can just be between me and you. And we can, we can, we can, we can throw that thing in the sea of forgetfulness. If you repent with a genuine heart. So if your parents come to you, and maybe they don't say it just like I said it, but you know, you get the gist of it. They might say it in another way, but they saying that they're uneasy about it. You better know it's a warning. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.com.